can see all the good things he's done for me, I know. I'm unworthy of him all. Yet his blessings he freely gives, I owe my life to him. I've got so much to thank him for. And I've got so much to thank him for. So much to praise him for, you see. He has been so good to me. And when I think of all he's done and where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. Sometimes while on this way I stop, I kneel and say thank you for all you've done for me. Then one day I'll reach heaven, sure, oh please, let me kneel once more. I've got so much to thank you and I've got so much to thank him for, so much to praise him for, you see, he has been so good to me, when I think of what he's done and where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for and when I think of all he's done and where he's brought me from I've got so much to thank him for to thank him Bible's turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. And in the middle of the, the New Testament towards the end. Little old book. Paul's writing. There's a lot of instructions in the book of Ephesians. The title of my sermon this morning is Prayer, Are You Prepared? Been on prayer. If, if you get a chance on Wednesdays and nights and Sunday morning, Sunday school, we've been Talking about prayer, I, I'd had a study I'd been doing, and it's 20 different points to prayer. And it, it's funny because the smaller points where I didn't have much have been our longest discussions. And, and like this morning, I had one verse. We had a good time with it. But as I got to think about prayer, one of the most powerful things, but it's one of the most unappreciated things that we have 
in our arsenal of a day-to-day life. And, and you think we're, we're at war. we got an enemy who, who's constantly on us. He's constantly battling us. It's, it, it's hard. I mean, because, you know, when you think about what he wants, Satan wants to knock you down. He wants to, he wants to have you just so where you, you're just ineffectual. You, you don't do nothing, and he's in control. And a lot of times it seems that way, don't it? And it, it can be hard. I, I got to think about that. I said, you know, it, it just amazes me how you go from being up here to being underneath the fire somewhere really quick. I mean, it's not just a, a gradual fall. A lot of times it's quick, and it's usually something happens. And, and, and it always amazes me. We wait till we're way down at the bottom before we start to ever pray. When we should have been praying way up here so we would never get down there. But I want us to look at what it takes to be for prayer and, and, and paul and uh, what well, here's what's so funny about the the, the sermon i got I, I was working on this and I, I i come up with this what i thought was a great wonderful outline and i said man this is it and 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 here and, and all of a sudden my computer went crazy and i lost it i'm like oh no all that hard work down the drain for nothing and and i couldn't find it couldn't find it couldn't find it well, I found an old outline, and then as I got to looking at it, and I got to thinking about the things I'd wrote on the other one, I said, "Man, I was just just it, I don't know what I was doing." And so, uh, more I looked at the old one, we I started looking at it and kind of taking it from the things I'd study on the other and combined them. And, and it, it's an outline; it's a it's a set of verses I've used many times for about putting on the whole armor of God. And being prepared as you do it. And so I want us to look, and we're going to, as I got here this morning, I've already changed it again. We're going to look and start in verse number 11. Verse number 11. Well, I'll tell you what, back up even further than that. We're going to back up to verse number 10. As Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus, and, and he, like I said, he's giving them instructions, the different things. I mean, if you look at the lot. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the hope that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So, you know, and so when you think about it, he says, you can't just halfway do it. You got to put it all on. Because if you just halfway get ready, you ain't able to stand. You're not going to be able to do it. He's going to be able to win. And he tells us why. He says in verse 11, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So Paul's telling me, he says, Hey, the fight is well entrenched in places you wouldn't think about it it seems like he's in control of everything and that's the kind of enemy we have satan wants you to believe that he's got everything in control and if you're not ready if you're not prepared when you go up against them you're gonna get knocked down flat you say well uh some people i think got the mindset well i just ain't gonna go against them i'm just gonna sit back and relax well let me tell you you've already been knocked down and satan got you where he wants you as a church, we are called to be a house of prayer. That ought to be our number one thing we do. Not the last resort, not the thing when everything seems to be bad, but it ought to be, as Paul said, praying continuously. We ought to be ready to pray always. We ought to, we ought to be a place where you feel the power of the Holy Spirit when you walk into this house because of the prayer 
attitudes of those of us that are in here. From the beginning of the church up here all the way back to the back pew, we should have that prayerful kind of Hey, we're, we're ready to pray about everything. We're going to let you make the decisions. We're ready to go to battle because you told us to put on the whole want to, but the whole armor. And, and when you look at the armor, there's a lot of things you got to have. But I want to look at being prepared this morning. Being prepared. Listen, listen to the, the next verse, verse 13. It says, wherefore? Now notice he had to tell them twice. He says, first put it on. Now he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done to stand so he's telling say if you ain't got the armor on you've done everything you can put it all day man and you think about this when paul wrote this i i got the thing i said i bet he thought he had seen evil days but he's not seen anything like what we go and see every day i mean i don't know about y'all i get depressed i don't like to turn on the news it's the most depressing I've got it in my in my truck on the way to work. There, there's a news channel. I, I, I'll, I'll flip to it every once in a while. If I want to be angry when I get to work, I'll leave it on there and, and I'll listen. But if not, I go right on past it and, and, and try to find some different guys preaching. And, you know, it takes me about 20, 30 minutes to get to work. Man, so I can listen to a couple different ones. And there's some of them I really like to listen to, and there's some of them I wish they'd just shut up. Because they ain't talking about nothing. But I tell you, you got to be careful out there. It's an evil day. Listen, he said this. He says, stand therefore having your loins heard about with the truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith where you build to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and the supplication for all saints. So he's reminding us that we're in a battle. Paul, Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He said, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Peter said we ought to always be ready to, to use what you've got, to, to use the words that's been given you. He said at all times be ready to give an answer. And you know, if you're not prepared, if you don't have on the armor of God, when you're given the opportunity to witness to somebody, how can you do it? Because let me tell you what happens. Just sometimes somebody, it's like God gets everything prepared and you meet somebody who's in need and then you're so ill-equipped because you haven't put on, you haven't prepared and Satan's on your back and he's telling you, you don't want to tell them the wrong thing. You might make a mistake. See, our problem is we've not put on the whole armor. We've not got peace we've not got on the helmet of salvation we don't have the shield of faith. We, we, we're just halfway ready because he said be ready always because when you're ready always somebody's going to see that and say what's different about you what makes you be able to handle things why can you do it 
One, because I'm praying. I know the peace of God. I know the, the comfort that comes when I'm in the presence of the living God. Why? Because I try to be there. And, you know, I know it's hard to do and it's not easy, but we need to be prepared. We need to have everything in line so that when the, the battle comes, and it's going to come, you're ready so that you can share what's been given to you. Paul said we need to cover ourselves with the truth. You know, the truth's the spiritual core. And it, it, it's like it's the Romans used to, to, to wear a belt that made them help stand taller. I wear a belt so my pants don't fall off. But theirs would make them stand up straight. Make them be ready to fight. And that belt cinched them so that they, 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 they couldn't cower. They, couldn't, they, they, they stood up tall. They, they showed their strength. Put on truth. Because truth will help you show your strength. Truth will get you ready to fight the battle. You won't be ready to cower because you know what God can do. How many of you have been in places in your life where God has not only shown you the truth, but used the truth with you? You've seen the power that He can do, the miracles that He can perform, the life that He could change. Maybe at one time your life wasn't really pleasing to God. You say, well, I still are, but He's still working on you, and you've changed. You're different than what you were. See, the truth does that. When the truth gets on you and you've got it around your waist, you see how to act. You see that you need to be different. You can see that, that there's nothing in the world that you truly want. It's amazing what Satan will dangle in front of a Christian to have that Christian forget the truth. You know, I... Uh, is that in front of you and say, well, you don't need the truth. You know everything. You know how to do this. You know how to do that. The only reason I can do this and do that is because God. There's nothing Steve can do. I don't need to put Steve in front of God. The truth is that Jesus is in control of everything. So let me ask you a question. Do you have the truth about you? Do you stand up straight? Girding yourself don't mean just, just knowing. It means that, that you understand what when God so loved his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you really know that? Because if you did, it would show in your daily life. It would be part of you. Makes us free from the deceptions that are out there. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, he said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. See, Jesus said when you, when you know it, you're free. You're free from your past. You're free from the sins of life. We talked about this this morning in, in, in Sunday school about, about forgiveness, and it kind of got along with things in the past. And, and, and you know, how many of you ever bring up things in the past? 
We all admit it in Sunday school. We do. All kind of different things. We talk about arguments. So, yeah, we're talking about prayer. We got into arguments. And, and you know how God forgets things, but we never do. And isn't it amazing? Those things from the past can get brought up to haunt you. When you know the fat, the truth, you're free from that. Because the past is exactly what it is. It's the past. Gets it. He removes it. But Satan reminds you and keeps it in your present constantly. The truth shall set you free, Jesus said. So gird yourself with it. You ought to pray, Lord, strengthen me every day. Help me to know the truth. Make me, make me to, to understand it so my life will be lived better. Paul told him to put on righteousness. People think, well, I got to have righteousness on first. You know what? It, it, what that is is where people think they're saved by their works. You go to your works once you get saved. And, and it, it, we get it backwards a lot of times. You're not saved. You can't really be righteous. It's like washing your socks, put them on your feet, then clean your feet. Before long, your works become just like your stinky feet. But Jesus told, Paul said this. He said, once you, you're getting ready, he said, put on the, the breastplate of why as a Christian should you do that because that breastplate protects the one important thing you have is your heart see well, it is it, it, this Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 19 says this I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and take out the stony heart out of the flesh and I will give them all a heart of flesh God warned us that, that sometimes this old heart we got can become hard. And see, if you're not putting on righteousness, if you're not trying to be what God wants you to be, it gets, it's, it's open for attack. Well, let me tell you the one thing Satan likes to do. He likes to take a Christian heart not care cannot see past the end of their nose because the only thing they see is judgmental things or or or, or things that they want to see they don't care about anybody else's feelings they don't care about anything and, and either that or they just don't care you want to know what the saddest thing is a christian who comes to church every sunday but does not listen to god Whoa, 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 back up. Oh, out of habit, you come to church. You didn't come to worship. You didn't come to get closer. So come through the doors of the church. We ought to be here to get a closer relationship with God. How your week's been? Because let me tell you, I guarantee you, every one of y'all had a Monday. Every one of you did. You might have had four or five of them. But you had one. And by the time the week's over, you need to recharge the battery. And because I guarantee, what, 
nobody go through the week perfect where everything fell in line. You were happy. You were right on track. You were doing everything God wanted you to do. You smiled at everybody. You loved everybody. You did everything perfect. No, that did not happen. We don't live in that world yet. But let me tell you what it is. When you go out into the world, Satan attacks. If you're not he's going after your heart because he wants you to become as ineffectual as you can so that, that you can't do anything, that all you do is come and sit. Every once in a while, you might pray and thank him for the food. You might Somebody might say, hey, so-and-so sick. You'll just say, God, be with them, watch over them. But let me tell you, your prayers bouncing off the roof and coming back because your heart is not there. Because somebody else has control of it. It's become old stony heart. It's become one that's useless because you didn't put on the breastplate of righteousness. You allowed them in. Boy, it don't take much. It don't take much for Satan to get hold of your heart. And let me tell you what will happen. Before long, you're sitting in the pew. Like I said, either you become stagnant or you become gone. Just become a stagnant Christian. Let Jesus come and, and remove that old stony heart and give you a flesh one. And then put on the righteousness. Protect your heart. God's will. It's like Paul told the Ephesians over in chapter 4 when he said, Be ye angry and sin not. Anybody can do that yet? Can you master that one? He says, Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Do you hear that one? Neither give place. Now, now it's not from the same thing. This is two different things. Don't let anger control you and don't give the devil a place. Because what happens is a lot of times, oh, we, we're too busy worrying about the anger that we forget that we've given Satan a place. It's like you pitched, picked up a hitchhiker and he's still riding in the back seat. He's right back here just being quiet, biding his time until he can do something. Don't give them a place in your life. Don't give them an opportunity. Walk in the will of God. Follow His commandments. Do the things that are right. Listen to the next verse he said in Ephesians 4. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hear hearers. It's like when mama used to say, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. You know, some of us ought to remember that saying. And maybe every once in a while, just stop and build somebody up. I'll go ahead and tell you how to do it. Do it with somebody you like. You know, me and Jimmy was picking on each other a while ago. Jimmy said, I sure am glad you're up here by me. Somebody sounds worse than I do. So we messed up both, too. I mean, we, I, I realized I sang some wrong words, and I listened. He was, too. But then we did a good job, brother. Because why? We did it with joy. See how hard that is? Build somebody up. 
Start with somebody you love and then just share it with everybody. Don't use this to destroy. Because, see, let me tell you, what's in here comes out here. So if you've got a corrupt heart that you didn't protect, you're not doing God's will, then you know what's happened. Maybe you ought to pray is that, you know, help me to live closer to perfection, God. Help me as you say, be perfect. Help me strive for that. Trust in you more. Next thing he told the, the, the people here, he tells us, he says in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of You know, Roman soldiers had shoes that had spikes on it so that when they dug in, things weren't going to slip back. It's like, you know, kids that play sports wear cleats. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know one thing about some cleats. When you're on the right ground, you can run. You go walking across a floor like downstairs, you ain't going to make it. You go out, you're playing on wet ground, you better have something to grab hold of it. You know, uh, I, I, have you ever learned the important lesson? Don't cut grass and sandals. Don't weed eat in shorts or sandals. It's not a good idea. It's important to have on the proper feet. And, and that road, he tells you, have your feet shod with the the preparation of the gospel with the gospel of peace. Because if not, you're liable to hurt yourself. How many of you have ever hurt your toe? I had an ingrown toenail. And it was almost three weeks before I see the doctor. I learned the meaning of biting my tongue off because of the pain. Didn't matter what I did. I'd be fine. I'm like, oh, hey, it's not bothering me today. And then I would hit it, and it's amazing. It felt like somebody was taking a, a knife this big and shoving it in my foot. When your foot hurts, you can't concentrate on anything else. When there's not you can't concentrate on anything else. All you see is the turmoil. All you see is problem let me tell you a secret though sometimes you don't realize you don't have peace because the problem has been in your life so long because you've never gotten rid of it it's embroidered itself into you and you've learned to live with the pain you've learned to walk with it you know I, i've suffered for gout for years i've learned to walk with my feet hurt but boy now that i finally got a medicine that seems to be working I understand what it's like not to have feet that hurt. I'm like, whoo, this, so this is what it was like. I forgot. Some of you forgot what it's like to have peace in your life. You know, you, you forget that where does peace come from? One, it comes from each other. Paul told the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, he says, wherefore, do comfort yourselves together edifying one another even as you also do see there's another one tell somebody something good 
It, it, it's something that, that God left. I mean, Jesus said this. He said in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God said, you ain't going to find peace out there. The only peace you're going to get is the peace that I left. It's the peace that comes from knowing the one who died for your sins. Christians, some of us need to remember who it was. You know what's really bad? It's coming to church and forgetting who this church belongs to. This is Jesus Christ. It's his house. Everything is his. For without him, where would we be? Without him, what would you have? You remember when you got saved, the joy you had? The peace you experienced? How things looked great? See, some of us have forgotten that. We've gotten so old and tragedy and mean and rotten that we've forgotten the love of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a secret. You're not the most important person in the world. He is. Amen. You know why the peace ain't there? Because you've forgotten who he is. You know, we've all changed. I mean, think about this. How many of you, when you look in the mirror, go, who is that? Or see a picture of yourself, you go, ooh. We've got a camera in the front of our house. And if you walk by, it goes off and it sends me an, an alarm. Well, the other day it was going crazy. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm deleting videos. I'm tired of seeing this stupid spider. I still ain't found it yet. It's there every day at the same time. But I come across this video of somebody sneaking up on my house. And I said, who is that? Oh, my day, the ugliest person I've ever seen. They need to lose some weight. They need to grow some hair. And it was me. Like, I don't see myself like that. I don't. This has got to be an old video before I lost weight. And I went, no, that was yesterday. <laughs> so we don't see ourselves as the truth. Sometimes you don't have the peace of God because you see yourself through your own colored glass eyes. And the truth is you've forgotten Jesus because you're not looking like him. You look like the world. We need to remember who we are. And who he is. Put on his peace. Quit trying to make it yourself. Maybe you need to pray that God gives you that peace back. Helps you to quit being anxious, fearful. He tells them to take up the, the shield of faith. 
You know, that faith that protects us from the fiery darts. You know, shield's only good if it's used. It's like during the summer, you know, mosquitoes are everywhere. I've got some mosquito repellent in my truck. It's been there for years. But you know what? It does really good for the back of my front seat there where it stays in the pocket. I've never seen a mosquito land there. It's not doing me any good because I'm not getting it out and I'm not using it on myself. I'll get out. I'll complain about the mosquitoes. I'll sit outside. They'll be eating me alive knowing that just a little way from me is some bug repellent. But I'm too lazy to go get it. I'd rather complain. See, that's the problem we have with our faith a lot of time is we're, we don't use it, so it's not doing us any good. Oh, I bring it to church on Sunday. I shine it up. It looks real good, but as soon as I leave here, I don't use it. I rely on me and not on God. A shield's only good if you want to carry it with you. Because let me tell you, the enemy doesn't stop watching. He waits until the faith is not there, and then he attacks. James said this, If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to men liberally, and unabradeth not, and it shall be given. He said, But let him ask in faith. Want to know why sometimes he don't listen to you? Because you ain't got the faith behind it. He says, for he that waveth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. With the shield, we can press forward. We can do what Jesus, what Paul said, where he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Maybe this morning you need to pray that God will help you take up that shield of faith. He tells us to put on salvation. I always thought that was funny. He kind of puts that down towards the end. Shouldn't that be first? The help and salvation. Shouldn't that have been first if you think about it? But no, what it amounts to is it's a reminder to those who are saved who you are. You are a child of God. As we said this morning in Sunday school, He never leaves you nor forsakes you. We tend to leave him. So with it's a reminder, hey, you're saved. Put on that salvation. Remember it. Because you can't go out to, without it. Then he goes to the shield, the sword, the only offensive weapon there. And it's God's word. How many of you use God's word? Do you live by it? Do you fight by it? Is it part of you? You know, I think one of the things we have in our, in our problem and our struggle every day is that we go out to fight an enemy who knows more about prayer than we do. He knows more about salvation than we do. And we listen to him more than we listen to Jesus. You don't need it. You've got this. That problem's not that big. Oh, hey, we, we started out this morning with a prayer request for somebody that has cancer. See, that's a whole lot worse problem than I got. 
See, and that's what we think. But you know what? Jesus died for you, and he died for the one with cancer. He says he knows about the sparrow when it dies. You realize how important you are to him. That problem you have is everything to him. It's not too small. It's not too stupid. It's not, it's not nothing bad. What is is when you don't go to him. When you quit praying about it. When you stop because you think everybody else is worse. Pray for one another, but pray for what you need to. We want to be a church that's a praying church. It won't start until you start obeying God's will. His will is to hear from you about everything with you. If I don't have no problems, then you know what you need to be doing? Shouting and praising and thanking Him. If I guarantee you there's nobody on any of these pews that are, that's watching that doesn't have a problem. Because we have... Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to this morning, Father, I pray right now, we'll take on the full armor of God. Father, some of us just need to put it on and get in the fight. But Lord, I know right now there's not nobody here that does not need to surrender to you. There's not nobody here that doesn't need to call out to you. There's nobody here that does not need to seek you this morning. So, Father, what I ask is that you help penetrate that pride and that stubbornness or whatever it is, the fear. And Father, during this time of invitation, let us be obedient to you. So, happy. Amen. Ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing page 124. We sing, you be obedient.
pray that as you leave, you realize where you're at with the Lord. If you've got a problem, it's not too late. You say, well, I just didn't want to walk down the altar. That's fine, but did you surrender to him this morning? Were you obedient? Because you're what's keeping you from being what God wants you to be. So you still got time to surrender. Pray that you remember our, our Wednesday night Bible. So like I said, we're, we're in prayer. We'll be there for a little bit longer. So y'all please remember that. Come on Sunday morning. We have Sunday school at 9 o'clock. Uh, we meet here in the, in the auditorium. It's kind of an open discussion. Uh, I, I give topic. Like I said, hey, I had I had one verse this morning, and we, we ended up just chasing rabbits here and there, but we had a good time. So we're doing that on Wednesday night, too. So y'all come join us on that. Next Saturday, 8 o'clock, be here for our cleanup day. We'll be inside now. If it's raining outside, we'll all be inside. Ladies be telling us guys what to do. Probably will be anyway. But y'all remember that, 8 o'clock if you can come. Uh, remember, Bree said if you can, get some candy because uh, we're going to need it. And uh, Hey, I, I, I remember one year we actually passed out Christmas candy because there was no more Halloween candy. But, you know, we, we, we do this to reach the community to tell them about Jesus. That's the whole reason we do it. And, you know, hey, God's blessed us. Whenever we make the effort, God blesses us. You said, well, people don't come. But God blesses us. We've gone on visitation. Hey, I'm going to share this week. Been on visitation. Go see some people, and these people never come. But it's amazing that God blesses you and somebody else does. So you do the effort. God blesses the work. Remember that. Show up next Wednesday if you can. Uh, be here next Sunday if you can't. Or be here Wednesday night. I pray you have a wonderful and blessed day. John, will you close us in prayer this morning? Thank you.